Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart. Bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Merry Christmas. And before we get into our uh, series, Merry Christmas, let me, um, let me just share with you something that is uh, stirring within me and and then just uh, talk to you about the end of the year and, and next year uh, for uh, for a moment. Um, I, I think I have uh, said this, but it just stirs within me this morning. So let me let me just share it with you uh, again. How many of you remember the story of Gideon uh, and uh, and where we find Gideon uh, in Judges chapter six? Uh, is uh, is is Israel is in a time where the Midianites are so oppressing them that we find Gideon and he is in a wine press, but he's not pressing wine. Uh, he's in a wine press and he's threshing uh, wheat to hide it uh, from uh, the Midianites. So we find uh, Gideon hiding out uh, uh, in, in not uh, celebrate in celebration mode, but in survival mode, uh, in, a, in a place of celebration, hiding out, uh, uh, preparing uh, survival food uh, in this place, and, uh, and, and alone. We find him alone uh, and, and just surviving uh, because they're so oppressed by the Midianites. And the, uh, the angel of the Lord shows up and speaks to Midian, I mean to, to Gideon, <laughs> who's being oppressed by Midian, speaks to him and calls him out of that. Calls him out of that and declares to him that, that he is a mighty warrior and that God is with him. It's a powerful, powerful uh, passage of Scripture. And then, there's, then there is an argument between Gideon and the Lord. Gideon disagrees with what God is saying for him to do, and he disagrees that he's the guy uh, to do it. Now, I think because of this year, there's a lot of Christians who have forgotten the call of God on their lives, who have forgotten the, the reality that they are mighty warriors and that the Lord is with them, and that we are not in a time of hiding out and surviving that we are people of purpose with the call of God on our lives to proclaim the light of Christ to the darkness. That we're people of vision. That we're not to hide out on our own. And I want to say that that time has come to an end. And I want to declare to you and to all who are listening or watching that there is a call of God on your life and that you are a mighty warrior and God is with you. And if the Lord be for us, then who can be against us? And if He is my light and my salvation, then whom shall I fear? 
This is why joy stands up and proclaims to us, don't be afraid. You see, with the coming of Christ came the end of fear. And for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, there's no need for us to fear anymore. We're not solo, hide-out, survive people. We are together as the body of Christ, mighty warriors, God is with us, people of purpose, people of vision. So I'm so excited and thankful that we can end this year. Not, not that we can end this year. Uh, you know, I don't want to just, let, let's get this over with, right? I want to, I'm, I'm just saying that at the end of this year, that we can end it celebrating Christ, celebrating Christmas making it a a Merry Christmas, making it a celebration of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the way that we need uh, to come to an end of 2020, and it's the way we need to enter into 2021. And I say we enter into next year knowing that we are warriors, that we are mighty warriors, called that by the Lord God Almighty, and that He is with us. And that we're not going to get all by ourselves next year and survive. But we're going to be people of togetherness, we're going to be people of purpose, we're going to be people of courage and faith, and we're going to be people of vision. And we're going to move into next year and do the things that God has called us to do. I'm excited about next year. The Lord's already uh, stirring within me uh, two sermon series that I'm, that I'm fired up, excited about. Like I'm having trouble not preaching them right now. Just waiting until we get into uh, next year. I think as we enter into next year that one of the things that we need to do is we need to reach out to, to, to everyone who's called of God, who's a mighty warrior, who the Lord is with them, but they're hiding out and surviving. And we need to say, hey, it's time to come to church. It's time to come together. It's time to remember who you are. It's time to come back uh, together to unite and be mighty warriors, people of purpose, people of vision. Our country... Is, is, is in need of the church. They don't need us to hide out and survive. They don't need us to go into hiding. They need us to shine the light of Christ. The lost need to see you know, the light of Christ. I'm excited about uh, next year. I'm excited about uh, January uh, and, and these series that the Lord has stirred within me. Uh, I'm, I'm already praying for and excited about Easter. We need to be in prayer uh, for it, it always comes so quick to me. After Christmas, you know, it's just boom, here it is uh, on us. And we've got a wonderful opportunity on Easter to, to proclaim the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to begin to pray about Easter coming up and, and already begin to pray for those in your life who you know need to come to church, who you know need to hear the reality that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and there's no doubt about it because He went to the cross, He went to the tomb, and He rose again on the third day. Not only do we have that coming up that I want you to think about and pray about, but, but we are next year doing both camps. We're doing Kids Quest and we're doing uh, Emerge. Both of those are going to take place. I want you to be in prayer uh, for those camps. We've got a wonderful opportunity as a church to, uh, to proclaim Christ to the next generation. And not only our young people here, but young people all over our conference. And, and we, our young people, need Jesus This generation 
needs the truth that is only found in Christ and in Christ alone. And we've got opportunity, unique opportunity, to lead these camps and, and, to, and to reach a, a, a segment of this young generation with the gospel of Jesus' name. So, so be in prayer for these things. You know, be excited uh, about these things. And let the Lord begin to awaken and stir vision within you. Also next Sunday, uh, I, want, I want to encourage you to come uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and let's uh, celebrate Christmas. Let's celebrate uh, Jesus. Uh, let's do it together. Um, and, uh, and, and I think it's just going to be a wonderful time of God's presence and, and a wonderful time of being refreshed uh, by Him. Praise the Lord. Uh, thank you for the, uh, for the um, little promotion of next year and just allowing me to share uh, what the Lord stirs in my heart. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I feel like maybe we should just pray here for just a moment. Just, we'll just pray together. Let's, let's ask the Lord just to be in the rest of our time and uh, to bless the end of this year and, and already begin to pray for, uh, for next year and all that He has for us. Now, Lord, we are... I, I just continue to be so thankful as, as I think about this declaration that you made to Gideon of, that he's a mighty warrior. Lord, I pray that you would come and, you know, uh, there's so much confusion these days on, uh, on, on identity and on who we are. And, and, and there's so much deception out there, Lord, and it just seems to grow and grow and grow. And Lord, I just pray that you'd come and just speak to our hearts right now, that you'd speak to all who would watch and to all who would listen, and that you would, that you would tell them who they are. Lord, right now, that we would hear that, that, that we are mighty warriors, that the call of God is on our lives, that you have chosen us and selected us and set us apart, and that we are no ordinary somebodies. I just hear the, the words of Mordecai and Esther that, that we have been placed in this time and brought to the places that we've been brought to and connected with those we've been connected with for such a time as this. We are mighty warriors and that you are with us. Lord, I pray that you would speak that right now to us, that we'd hear it in the deep places of ourselves. No matter what goes on around us, we would know that you're with us and that we are mighty because of you. And Lord, I pray that you'd stir up vision within us for, for this next year and for, for years to come, that we would remember that we have a purpose and that we'd be about it and that we'd be passionate about it. Lord, I pray that you'd come and give clarity to us as a church and clarity to each and every one of us as an individual on how we can connect and be involved and be a part. Lord, we give you the end of this year. We, we give it to you. We pray that you'd be honored and blessed and exalted by how we celebrate you. And Lord, we give you next year and we say your kingdom come and your will be done. And we know, Lord, that as we move into next year that you have already gone before us that you are behind us and round about us and with us. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, Merry Christmas. And uh, let me say again this morning that I want to encourage you 
Uh, even though this has been a crazy year, or maybe especially because this has been a crazy year, to make this Christmas a Merry Christmas. And I want to encourage you not only to make this Christmas a Merry Christmas, but I want to encourage you to make every Christmas a Merry Christmas. For the rest of your life, make every Christmas a Merry Christmas. How many of you know that, that there is a war on Christ? That the Antichrist, deceptive, false Antichrist spirit that is already in this world, that is, that is, that is uh, coming from the dragon, the serpent, the devil, Satan, the one who has led the whole world astray, that Antichrist spirit is exactly what it is called in John. It is in, in, in 1 John, it is an Antichrist spirit, everything against Jesus spirit. And, and so, so there is a war on everything Jesus. So we see that there's a war on Christmas and that there's a war on Easter. There's a war on Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning, Sunday service. There is a war on everything uh, Jesus that is taking place. And we recognize it and we understand it and we're not defeated or overcome by it. We we stand against it. And so I want to encourage you, uh, even though there is a war on Christmas, that for you, uh, for me and my house, we are going to make merry at Christmas. And we are going to have a merry uh, Christmas, and we're going to do it all the days of our lives. So, so if you're wondering uh, maybe what a, a merry Christmas uh, looks like, here's, here's what I think it looks like. Not, not that you were wondering that, but if you were wondering uh, what a merry Christmas looks like, here's, here's what I think it looks like. I'll just give it to you in, in three, uh, three ways. Uh, it's to, at, at Christmas, it, it is to uh, celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. We, we, at, at Christmas, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus. And, and this is so important, and this is so needed, that we celebrate Jesus, that we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. And then, uh, second, not that these are in any order, just, just two. The, the next one is to, is to proclaim to declare, to tell the story of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This story needs to be told. This story needs to be shared. I'll, I'll never forget when I, was, when I was 20 years old. I was a uh, 20, 21, somewhere in there. I won't forget what happened. I may forget how old I was when it happened, but I won't forget what happened. At 20, uh, 21, I was, I, was, I was youth pastoring and, and, and helping with the children's ministry, and we were, we were going, into, going into the inner cities and, and picking up kids and, and bringing them into church. And, and when it came Christmas time, we, we had a Christmas service for the kids, and we, we told them the story of Jesus. And then, and then that Sunday night, we took presents down to them and gave them all presence at their at their homes and, and I'll never forget one of their moms one of their moms coming out and talking to me and saying saying hey you know this, this little eight-year-old kid eight nine-year-old kid they said hey came home this is in Tennessee it's in Tennessee they came home and they told me the Christmas story the real one and I never heard that I had no idea I, I didn't know the Christmas story but because of Christmas 
Because we told them the Christmas story at Christmas. They went home and told their mom the Christmas story at Christmas. And their mom heard the Christmas story in America for the first time. We've got to, we've got to take this opportunity and make, uh, make sure that every Christmas is a Merry Christmas and tell the story of Christ. You know why I know the story of Christ? The, the story of the birth of Christ from a young age is because of Christmas. It's because every Christmas we learn the story in church. We acted out the story in church. Mom and dad taught the story at home on Christmas morning. We had to wait to open the presents to hear the story of Christ first. You know, about 11, 12 years old, we're like, Dad, we already know it. We can tell it. We can preach it. Can't we just open the presents? But no, sir. Presents were after. Jesus was first. Hallelujah. You never go wrong when you put Jesus first. Amen? We've got we've to we've take this opportunity to tell the story of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think Elizabeth shared with me just the other day that she ran into somebody who, who she heard a story that, that like a, a grown adult didn't know the story of Christmas. The real story of Christmas. The birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is a war on Christmas to wipe it out. And, and, and if, that, if that takes place, where is the gap filled to tell the story of Christ? Should we stop telling the story of Christ? I will not. I will not. We've got we've to celebrate the birth of our Savior. We've got to tell the story of our Savior. And then we've got to remember the story of our Savior. Right, one of, the, one of the things that I think as, as mature Christians that we can do is, is we can think that we don't need to remember things. That, that, we know, that we know the story. right? But one of the things that we so need is to remember the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To remember that story even if we know it. Because this world has a way of, 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 of pulling us away from the things of Christ and remembrance has a way of connecting us back to who he is and, and all that he's done. We've got to not only tell this story, but those of us who know it, we've got to reconnect with it and we've got to remember the story of our Lord and Savior and of his birth and how he came into this world. We've got to make merry at Christmas because making merry at Christmas is celebrating Jesus. It's proclaiming Jesus, and it is remembering Jesus. And so I think Christmas is this wonderful gift that God has given us where, where in the Christmas season we come together. By the way, you can't do these things alone. You can't. Who celebrates alone? Right? When we celebrate, we get together. We come, that's, that's what celebration is, right? It's, it's, I'm going you know, to have a celebration. I'm going to do it all by myself. I don't want anybody to come. No, when we celebrate, we have a party. And what is having a party? Having a party is everybody comes together. And when everybody comes together, then there's a celebration. Right? And, and you can't declare alone. You can't tell the story alone. What, are you going to tell it to yourself? I think maybe that's okay. But we need to tell this story to others. We need to share this story with others. That's why Christmas is so important. That's why coming together is so important. So that we can tell one another the story of Christ. I'm about to sing that song. Tell the story of Jesus. It's one of the things that we've got to do. One of the reasons that we come together. And, and, and even remembrance. Like remembrance can seem like an isolation thing, but it's not. 
Remembrance is a together thing. What happens when we come together over the holidays? What do we do most? We remember. We share stories from our past. We remember the things that have taken place. We laugh and we are refreshed and we reconnect with all that God has done. And, 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 it, and what does it do to us? It, it strengthens our resolve. It strengthens our faith. It strengthens our confidence so that we, when we remember, this is what like communion does for us, right? We do this in remembrance of Him. What communion does for us is it, it reminds us of who we are and who he is and all that he's done and our faith is strengthened and our confidence is strengthened so that we so that we know that we know that we know that we are mighty warriors and that God is with us and that he is the Christ the son of God and that he is who he says he is and we do that we do it together that's why at Christmas we've got to make Every Christmas, a merry Christmas, so that we come together and that we celebrate Jesus, we proclaim uh, Jesus, and that we remember Jesus and who He is and all that He has done. By the way, that's, that's also what we do every Sunday. This is why I'm an, I'm an every Sunday at church kind of preacher. And every time I say that, I know people are rolling their eyes and Jason's crazy. I am crazy. I'm crazy about going to church. I'm crazy about life change. I'm crazy about being blessed and under the favor of the Lord and seeing success in every area of your life. I'm crazy about seeing your marriage successful and seeing your kids grow up and be successful and all of these things. I'm crazy about you standing firm for Jesus and not drifting and departing from the faith. One of the things that we've got to do is we've got to come together on Sunday and celebrate Jesus and proclaim Jesus and remember Jesus. And what happens is the pull of the world that's trying to pull Jesus out of us, that coming together puts it back in us. So we remember who we are and who God is and all that he has done. And the mature, we can't get to the place of maturity to where we think, I don't need that anymore. When, that, when we get out of, when you see people get out of church, which is why I'm so upset with COVID, because people are, people are leaving the church. And what happens is, is, is the Antichrist deceptive spirit of this world is pulling truth out of them, pulling Jesus out of them, pulling courage and faith out of them. And, and there's doubt and there's fear and there's worry and they're deceived and led astray because, because we're just not doing this one thing of coming together every Sunday to celebrate Jesus, to proclaim uh, Jesus, and to, and to remember our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. And, and yes, yes, if you think I'm wrong, you know, I don't think I am. And I've got chapter and verse to back it up. We've got to... We've got to do this every Sunday, and, and then we've got this wonderful opportunity at Christmas to, to make a merry Christmas and make every Christmas a merry Christmas where we can celebrate Jesus and proclaim Jesus and remember our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. And, and, and someday, I've got to stand before God as a minister of the gospel and give an account for how I was as a minister of the gospel. And one of the things I'm not going to be accused of, the Lord is not going to be accused of me not telling people to go to church. 
And, and if you stand before God, if you, you stand before the Lord and, and he says, why didn't you go to church? You won't be able to say, well, Pastor Jason didn't tell me to. I'm just, I'm cleared on that one. Hallelujah. I'm not saying I, I'm going to probably have a lot of faults but, and, and a lot of stuff, but, but that one I'm cleared on. So that's what a Merry Christmas looks like. Uh, so, so now we, we are remembering uh, why we need to celebrate Jesus and, and why we need to proclaim Jesus and, and, and why we need to remember uh, Jesus. Uh, so uh, let me reconnect for you uh, or, or, just, or just help you to remember what Jesus has said about himself. I love, love, love this passage of Scripture. I know it. I know you know it. Let's, it's Christmas, right? We're remembering. So let's remember who Jesus is from his own mouth. John 14, let's start at verse 1. This is Jesus speaking. Man, isn't this a needed instruction? He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. How true, of that is, how true is that of so many? So many hearts are, are troubled right now. Don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God or, or trust in God. Both of those are good. Uh, you believe in God, uh, believe also in me. You, you trust in God, trust also uh, in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. Such a beautiful passage of Scripture, so full of truth and, and relationship. And then he says this, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know that you also may be where I am. Isn't that great? That we're going to be with him where he is. And, and you know the place where I am going. Verse 5, Thomas says this. Thomas said, I, said to him, uh, Lord, we, we don't know where you're going, uh, so how can we know the way? You know, Thomas is, it's like this interesting confession. He's, he's saying, you know what, I don't know. I don't know, there, there, there's still so much. He's like walking with Jesus and talking with Jesus and sharing the campfire with Jesus, and there's still uh, so much that he doesn't know. Like, we don't know, so, so how can we know the way? And Jesus goes on to, to the great John uh, fourteen six. Before we read this, let me, just, let me just declare that I believe this with every fiber of my being, with all of my heart, with everything that is down inside of me. I am wholeheartedly and completely convinced that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, yeah, amen. Now, if this is true, and it is, is he then not worth celebrating? Should he not be proclaimed and declared? Shouldn't we have times like this where we remember that Jesus is no ordinary somebody, that he is the Messiah, the Christ, the only begotten Son of God, the only way to the Father, the only way to truth, the only hope of life. There is no other. 
It is only through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. We spent a good bit of time talking about life uh, last Sunday. It's so important that we also highlight that there's no other way to the Father. In in the Father's house, there's many rooms. Jesus is preparing one for me. He's preparing one for you. He's preparing one for you that, that where He is, we may be also. And He wants us to come to the Father, and He's the way to the Father, but there's no other. There's no other way. You can't work your way in, you can't buy your way in, you can't good your way in, you can't sneak your way in. There's no other way to the Father. It's Christ and Christ alone. And I don't know about you, right, but I I want, I'm going to be there. Hey, yeah. Just had to do it. Thank you, Jesus. I want my kids there. I want my kids to, to be in the Father's house where I am. And there's no other way than Jesus. So at Christmas, I'm making Mary. And I'm proclaiming the gospel of Jesus' name. And I'm going to tell them that in Bethlehem, there was born a baby. And he was laid in a manger and given the name Jesus. And he is Lord and Savior. And he is our hope. But he's the only one. And you can run to everything else that the world has to offer and you can turn to every other lie and deception. But Jesus is the only way to the Father's house. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And so because of that, we will celebrate on Sunday. We will celebrate on Christmas. We're going to come together and celebrate Easter. And then we're going to hit it on Sunday again and hit it on Sunday again and hit it on Sunday again. We're going to gather. We're going to celebrate. We're going to proclaim. We're going to remember because of who Jesus is. He said this. And they said, well, prove it. And he said, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to go to the tomb. I'm going to rise again. And then he did. He went to the cross. He went to the tomb. And he rose again. He rose again. And because he rose again, I know that he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. He is the way to the Father. He is the hope of abundant life. He is our only chance at freedom. Right? Because what does John 8 say? That you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. There's not a lot of freedom where there's lies and deception. There's lies and deception all around. And what do we see? Not a lot of freedom, a whole lot of bondage. But when we come to Jesus, we come to the truth and the truth sets us free free. I love the Christmas story because the Christmas story is, is, is the coming of truth. Now because of the baby laid in a manger, now there's truth. And when Jesus came into the world, truth came into the world. And when we open up our hearts and allow Jesus to come into our hearts, truth comes into our lives. And we can know and we can see so that we celebrate and proclaim and remember and and do it all over again because all of a sudden the truth has come into us. The truth has come into our lives and revelation has come to us and, and what we used not to understand now makes perfect sense to us. 
And, and, and what, what is so confusing and crazy uh, to the world uh, is, is, is so clear and obvious to us. And we look at them and we're like, how in the world can they think the way that they think? Because when Jesus comes into our hearts, truth comes into our hearts. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except uh, through him. Now, I want to go to Luke chapter 1 and remind you of what, what Luke says because Luke knows this. Luke knows that this, that this is reality. He knows that this is true. And, and, and Luke begins the book of Luke by telling us that he wants us to know it. And that he wants us to know it for, for certain. This is what Luke says in Luke, Luke chapter 1. He says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled uh, among us. See, the Christmas story is so important. It, it, it is so uh, uh, essential uh, because there are so many things in the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that, that are fulfilled. So many prophecies, I should say, and not things, so many prophecies that are fulfilled in the birth of our Lord and Savior uh, Jesus Christ. That, that just couldn't happen. I mean, that just doesn't happen. So it's just this incredible evidence of, uh, of that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. Verse 2, just as they were uh, handed down to us by those uh, who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the Word. So again, the, the, the Christmas story that we're about to get into, right? These things ha- have been prophesied and they have been fulfilled. And then they were passed down uh, to Luke and to others by those who lived them, by those who were there, by eyewitness, uh, by eyewitness accounts. So, so Luke's not writing uh, theory. He's not writing fairy tale. He's not writing uh, fiction. He is, he is researching, uh, studying, and obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit uh, to, to write uh, what others have witnessed and seen and have told him. So that, uh, with this in mind, since I myself have carefully invested every, everything from the beginning, uh, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you, that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. He wants, he wants the, the hearer, uh, the reader, to know that they know that they know that they know for certain the things that they have been taught. I want, I want you to know, I want you to know for certain, with, without any doubt, as, as a part of who you are, that John 14, 6 is true. I want, I want young people and children to know without any doubt that John 14, 6 is true. I want them to know it for certain. And, and one of the important stories that needs to be told and taught for us to, to know that we know that we know without any doubt that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through Him is the Christmas story. Luke says, I want you to know, I don't want you just to know it, I want you to know without any doubt the things that you have been taught. I want you to know for certain the things that you have been taught and, and I want you to enter into a journey of growing in the truth and growing in the knowledge that Jesus is the Christ, 
That he is the Son of God. That he's the way and the truth and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through him. Now I have, as, as I think about this, uh, this, uh, these passages of Scripture, and as I think about John 14, 6, I was thinking about it this morning. I, I, I have known this verse so long that I don't even know when I began to know it. I have been able to quote John 14, 6 as long as I can remember. I have preached it. I have taught it. I have meditated on it. And yet... I still don't know it. Yet I'm still growing in the knowledge of it. Yet it still blows me away every time I look at it. Yet I still am learning every day. I'm still growing every day in the knowledge that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And you may say to me, do you understand it? And I say, I don't totally understand it. Do I know it? I don't totally know it, but I long to know him for who he is. I want to know him as the way. I want to know him as the truth. I want to know him as life. And, and I don't yet, but, but one thing I do, reminds me of Philippians 3, one thing I do. What, what did Paul say? He said, I consider everything loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus. And, and then he said, I haven't obtained it yet. He said, I'm not saying that I've laid hold of it. He's saying, I don't, I'm not saying that I know that every aspect of, of him being the way, and that I know totally and completely him being the truth, and that, I, and that I completely understand and know him as the life. He said, I'm not saying I've laid hold of that or obtained it. He says, but one thing I'm doing, I am pressing on that I might know him, that I might lay hold of him, that I might know him more and know him more and know him more and know him more and know him more. I'm not saying that I've obtained it, but one thing I'm doing, I'm pressing on to know Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. You may say, I've, I've obtained it, I understand it, I know it, I know him for who he is. I don't think that you do. I think that we're on a journey of growing to know the Lord more and more and more and more and more and more. I've shared with you before uh, that, uh, that, that the Holy Spirit spoke to me, I believe. One day when I was watching TV, isn't that funny? I was watching TV and I was listening to this lady talk about about the universe. I'm like blown away by it, as most people are, and the size of the universe and how stars are millions of miles away and, and, and all this stuff and, and how huge it is. And she, and she explained how much we have learned of the universe by saying, she said, it's like if we took all the oceans of the world and we took one little styrofoam cup and dipped it into the oceans of the world and filled that cup up with water, she said, that's all we know. Of the, of the universe. That's all that we've studied. That's all that we've seen. Out of all the oceans of the world, one little styrofoam cup, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's all you know of my word. Wow. I'm like, Lord, I spent my life looking at this. And he said, that's all you know. One, one little cup full of the, of the vast knowledge of God. One little, one little cup full of seeing that he's the way, the truth, and the life. It, it, all that we see, that's all that we know. And, 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 yet, and, yet, and yet we know for certain. 
and are holy and completely convinced but we're not satisfied and we don't give up. We're still in the battle, still in the fight, still wrestling that we might see God for who he is. Merry Christmas, because I want to know him. And I'm going to do Merry Christmas next year because I want to know him. And I'm coming on next Sunday and I'm going to do Merry Sunday and Merry Sunday and Merry Sunday and Merry Sunday because I want to know him and I don't. Because I want to know that he's the way, and I want to know that he's the truth, and I want to know that he's the life, and I want to grow in the knowledge of God because nothing else matters. Everything else is nothing compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, of knowing that he's the way, the truth, and the life. And so forgetting what is behind, I press on toward that which is ahead in order to lay hold of the high call of God on my life, in order to lay hold and obtain to the knowledge of God, to know him and see him face to face for who he is. I'm wrestling with the world, I'm fighting with myself, everything else around me that I might obtain Christ that I might know him for who he is. And I think the Christmas story is crucial to this. It's important to this because it, it, it shows us and reminds us who Jesus is and gives us signs of who he is. Hallelujah. So let's go to Luke chapter 2. See this baby who was born. You know these first verses here. He was born. Uh, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. It's interesting. I don't, I've been thinking about this. I don't have any real answers at the moment, but I'm thinking about why the manger is so mentioned in Luke chapter 2. You ought to look at that. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David in Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Lord, the way, the truth, and the life. This is why it's such good news. This will be a sign to you. That's, a, that's an important statement. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. It's like the, almost like the, the Christmas symbol, isn't it? Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. This is a sign to us. This is a sign to us that, that all that Luke is writing, that all that the angel is telling is right and true. Christmas is a sign to us. It is a, it is a sign to us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through Him. That's, that's why we must celebrate it's why we must proclaim. It's, it's why we've got to tell. It's why we've got to remember this sign of Jesus born in Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. This is a sign to us. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, 
There's a celebration at Christmas. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. Then the angels, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. There he is lying in a manger again. And they found him there and it was a sign to them that everything that the angels had said was true. Everything that the Lord had said uh, was true. And when they had seen him, they spread the word uh, concerning. Uh, see, here, here they are, uh, crazy shepherds proclaiming the good news. Right? When you find good news, don't you proclaim it? Like if you, if you run into a good restaurant you know, and, and, and you were surprised by it and all of a sudden it was like this wonderful meal, don't you proclaim it? Do you keep it all to yourself? No. Crazy shepherds running around spreading the good word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Isn't that wild when things happen just the way God said they would happen? And the shepherds, shepherds heard this, and they, and they saw this, and they went and they, and they found the sign of, of Christmas, of the baby laying in a manger. And, and when they returned, they returned glorifying and praising God because everything that they'd been told, uh, that they'd heard, that they'd seen, all of that, was, which was just what they had been told. You see, you see Luke's purpose here weaved in. You see him saying, okay, most excellent Theophilus, Everything that they had seen and heard was just as they had been told. So I want you to know for certain that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, that he was laid in a manger because there wasn't any room for him in the end, that angels appeared to the shepherds at night, and, and, and the shepherds went to Bethlehem, and they saw, and they went and told all kinds of people who were amazed at the story, and then they came back praising God, and, and everything that they'd heard and seen was just as, as they had, had been told that it would be. So be certain, most excellent Theophilus, that the Son of God was born in Bethlehem on Christmas Day. Now, now the story continues. I'll move through this quickly because I'm such a slow preacher. Verse 21, On the eighth day when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, which is uh, what Gabriel said for, to Mary for him to be named, right? He was named Jesus. The name that the angel had given him before he was conceived. That's interesting, isn't it? Before uh, Jesus is conceived, uh, the angel Gabriel announces his birth and names him and declares his purpose before he's even been conceived. So, So is life at conception? Or is it even beyond that? Do we even have... Do we even, I don't know, I'll get off track. I'm pro-life. Because scripture is. Verse 22. When the time came for the purification 
rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary uh, took him to Jerusalem uh, to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male must be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping uh, with uh, what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or, or two young pigeons. Now, uh, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simon, uh, who was righteous and devout. Uh, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, uh, and uh, the Holy Spirit was on him. Here, here's a man who's righteous, uh, he's devout, uh, the Holy Spirit is upon uh, this man. You see, see, here's Luke, uh, just wanting us to know the certainty of the things uh, that have been taught. Uh, it, it, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit uh, that uh, he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Uh, when the parents brought in the child uh, Jesus to do for him uh, what the custom of the law uh, had required. I, I like this, right? Because uh, you see here this man who at some point in time, uh, the Holy Spirit has revealed to him that he is going to see the Christ, that he is going to see uh, the Messiah with his own eyes. These things that have been prophesied are going to be fulfilled right in front of him. He will see Jesus. And, and so we've got Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus into the temple because, you know, because all these things that we have read beforehand. And, and, and Simon doesn't know that these things are happening, that they're coming, that this is taking place. Joseph didn't send him a letter, you know, anything like that. He is, he is there, and while he's there, he is moved by the Spirit. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Uh, you can almost like, I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's reading a scroll or something, you know, and all of a sudden he just, just looks up, you know, and, and, and he knows something is taking place, knows the, the atmosphere has shifted, things have changed, the fulfillment of what the Holy Spirit has spoken to him is about to take, is about to take place, and he, and he moves to where Jesus is by the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit begins to move you to Jesus, you better move to Jesus. And you better not put it off till tomorrow. When he's moving, you better come today. Because you don't know if you've got tomorrow. And you don't know if he'll move on you tomorrow. If the Holy Spirit moves you today to Jesus, you better close the gap. You better get your head up and you better come to him right now in Jesus' name. He, he's, he's moved by the Spirit. I don't know, I don't know how it worked, but, but he... The Spirit leads him right to where uh, Jesus is. Verse 28. And Simon uh, takes him in his arms and prays God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, light for revelation to the Gentiles, truth, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him as, as, as I marvel about this whole encounter. Then Simon blessed him, blessed them, and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel 
and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So Simon, this anointed man of God with the Holy Spirit upon him, now takes this child that he has not heard of or seen. And because of the leading of the Holy Spirit, proclaims him to be the Messiah, the Christ, and and, and prophesies about the future and and his destiny. And, And Luke records this in here, that we might know, that we know, that we know, that we know, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. And he says, now that, now that my eyes have seen Jesus, I can go on to be with the Lord in peace. So then the, the story continues, and we run into another saint. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Look at this lady for a moment, will you? She is, she is now very old. She's, she's, she's been a widow till 84. She was only with her husband for seven years, and now she's in the temple and she never leaves, and day and night she is, she is fasting and she is praying. If you back up a verse to, to verse 36, we see, we see something interesting about her, that she is the daughter of, of Peniel, of the tribe of Asher. And, and this, this right here, uh, this name uh, means, means to see the face of God. And where we encounter this is in Genesis chapter 32, where Jacob wrestles with God. You remember that? Remember that story? Jacob wrestled with God, and he, and he wouldn't let God go, so to speak, until the Lord blessed him. And, and when the Lord blessed him, then Jacob then Jacob said that, that he, who was he, that he, should, that he should see the face of God and not perish. And the place was called Peniel, where, where Jacob wrestled with God and saw the face of God and was changed forevermore by that uh, by that uh, encounter, and here we have, here we have Anna, uh, who is the daughter of of Peniel, seeing the face of God, and we see her, we see her in a wrestling match almost, don't we? I mean, this woman, this woman has labored, and labored, and struggled, and suffered, and and lost, and yet we find her in the temple, fasting and praying, never leaving, fasting, and praying. It's almost like Jacob there wrestling with God and saying, I'm not, let, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And, and have you ever wondered what the blessing of, was? I think the blessing was to see God. 
It was to get a revelation of who he is, to, to recognize him, to, to see that he's the way, that he's the truth, that he's life, and that those things are found nowhere else. And, and when Jacob saw that, he was never the same again. And he walked different because he was touched by God, because he, because he saw God. And here, here now is Anna it, 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 wrestling. It's almost like she's wrestling with God, saying, I'm not, I'm not leaving until you bless me. I'm not done until you bless me. You know, you almost see people saying to her, why, why don't you go home and, and take some fasting and praying time off? And she's like, no. No, I haven't seen his face yet. I haven't seen his face, and I'm not leaving until I do. It's not over until I see the face of God. I'm fasting, I'm praying, I'm staying, I'm laboring. It, it, it's Paul all over again, isn't it? Everything else is, is loss. Nothing else matters. It's the knowledge of Christ. It's to know Christ Jesus. I'm, I'm running my race. I'm pressing on. I'm persevering. I'm laboring. I'm struggling. Everything else is lost, leaving everything else behind that I might obtain the prize, that I might lay hold of Christ, that I might see him and know him for who he truly is. And somebody would say, well, well he's the way. He's the truth, and he's the life. Don't you know that? And Paul would say, yeah, I know about that much of it. One little cup full of all the oceans of the knowledge of God. I'm pressing on that I might know him more, that I might know him more, that I might know him more. Here's Anna fighting to see the face of her Savior. Verse 37. Verse 38, sorry. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. And when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Anna got to Anna got to see the face of her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. After laboring and wrestling and struggling, she got to lay her eyes on the baby Jesus. And laying her eyes on the baby Jesus had to be the blessing of her lifetime. Like it was for Simon, I feel like she could say the same thing. I can, I can go on now to the Lord in peace because I have seen the face of my Savior because I have seen the baby Jesus. And I believe that it just brought confidence and assurance and revelation to her that she had never experienced before. And she, she got to this new level of knowing that she knows, that she knows with confidence the things that she had been taught, the things that she had been told. Because when we see Jesus for who he is, we see truth. And all of a sudden, Everything else starts to clear up. Everything else starts to make sense. Truth enters into our lives. Why do, we, why do we celebrate Christmas? Why are we making merry at Christmas? So that, so that we can know Jesus and make Jesus known. 
Because when we see the face of Christ, then everything else comes into focus. Everything else becomes clear. And the knowledge of God becomes a reality. And the growing in the knowledge of God becomes a reality. Just coming to my mind here is, is 2 Corinthians Second Corinthians 4, verse 6, which, which just says what I just, what I just said. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. That when we see Christ, then the, then the light comes into our lives and the revelation and the light and the truth of the knowledge of the glory of God becomes a part of who we are. And the journey of knowing Him more and more and more becomes our passion, becomes our desire. At Christmas, this Christmas, let's make it a merry Christmas that we might know Christ more and that we might help others to know Him more. And in knowing Him more, that they will know the way more and more. That they will know the truth more and more. That they will know life more and more and more. And they will know the, the, the glorious goodness, the awesomeness of living a life of seeking God every day. Striving for Him to lay hold of, of relationship with Him and of knowledge of who He is. I think we need to make this a Merry Christmas and we need to make every Christmas a Merry Christmas because there's nothing better than knowing Jesus and there's nothing more worthwhile than helping others to know Him as well. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the Christmas story. We thank you for the, uh, the gift of Christmas, this time on the calendar that, that draws us in and helps us to focus on your birth and this amazing event and this true story that brings such confidence and assurance to our lives. Lord, I pray right now that that as we have remembered that all of our faiths are strengthened and all of our confidence is, is greater. And Lord, I pray also that we are stirred to know you more. That we recognize that, that we don't know you completely and that we probably never will. We'll spend eternity growing in the knowledge of God. Help us to recognize this morning that there's nothing more important, that there's nothing more worthwhile, and there's nothing more wonderful that everything else is, is, is nothing compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing you, Lord Jesus. And help us this Christmas to make this such a merry Christmas that we will grow in the knowledge of you and that we will spread the knowledge of you and that many, many, many will see and know from our lives and our testimony that you are the way the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through you. 
With every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask you this morning, if you feel the Holy Spirit moving you right now, will you move to Jesus? Will you move to trust in Him? Will you move to open your heart and receive Him? If you will, if you'll move to Jesus this morning and make Him your Lord and your Savior, I just ask you to raise your hand. Amen. I see your hands. Yes. If you're watching online, just as a sign of moving in the direction of Jesus, just raise your hand. If you're listening to this podcast, just, and just raise your hand wherever you are and just as a sign to Jesus that, that you feel the Holy Spirit moving you and that you are moving to Him right now to make Him the Lord of your life. If your hand's up and, and you're moved by the Spirit, then just pray with me, just repeating after me, and let's move to Jesus and make Him our Savior and Lord. Just everyone repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I come to You. I lay down my life. I declare that You are my Lord and my Savior. And that forever I will live to glorify You and to know You. Help me to see You for who You are and be changed by this revelation. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.